Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of Kitchen Club is very kindly sponsored by Momo Kombucha, a fermented tea and delicious healthy soft drink that's low in sugar and good for the gut. One of the founders actually used to come to my yoga class and he's a lovely, lovely guy. So I'm really thrilled that we are now working with them via the pod. Momo brew the old fashioned way in small glass jars and their kombucha is completely unfiltered for a much fuller depth of flavour. Plus it's certified organic, so better for you and also better for the environment. Plus it tastes absolutely awesome. I love it so much. There are some really delicious flavours that they do. What's your fave, Sarah? Ooh, I actually think mine is probably the raspberry hibiscus. It's like the bright pink one and a really, really great alcohol alternative so that's probably mine what about you i'm torn between the ginger lemon and the elderflower i think maybe the elderflower but the ginger lemon's so refreshing mm. they're all delicious it's too they're hard to choose delicious. there's a yummy turmeric one too yeah and the kombucha is also full of live cultures and healthy organic acids which is a genuine dose of goodness for the gut you can find Momo in Selfridges, Fortnum & Mason, Plant Organic and Whole Foods. And you can also, of course, buy it online. So if you would like to try the delicious Momo kombucha for yourself, you can enter the code KITCHENCLUB15, all in capital letters, for 15% off your own order. Thanks so much, Momo. Hope you all enjoy. And welcome back to this season of Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm, and my wonderful friend, Serena Louth. Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from around our kitchen table. Each week, we have a brilliant new guest, a new area of expertise to get stuck into, and a new recipe which we create using our guests' three favourite ingredients. Today's guest is Cami Vidal. Cami is the founder of La Maison Wellness, creator of Mindful Cocktails. She is a globally recognized bartender and drinks expert turned mindfulness, yoga, and meditation teacher. Cami is on a mission to inspire the world to bring mindfulness into the glass, showing that tasty doesn't always have to be boozy. We chatted to Cami all about drinking more mindfully 
the benefits of reducing your alcohol consumption, and how drinking less can help improve your relationship both with yourself and with others. I have to say, before we get into this this lovely chat with Cammy, that the whole conversation I was saying mocktail, mocktail, and Cammy had kind words with me at the end, and she said, "Just so you know, I don't call my drinks mocktails; I call them mindful cocktails because mocktail kind of diminishes the the drink or the word." So, just a preface before we get into the recipe that every time I say mocktail, you can imagine I'm saying cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that. <laughs> Let's get into it. Here is the wonderful Cami on Kitchen Club. Hi, Cami. Welcome to Kitchen Club. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. We have just been, before we were recording, telling Cami how much we love her accent. So I think you're all going to really enjoy listening to her lovely French tones. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) I love listening to anyone French. I think it's just like, oh. So soothing. Yeah, it's so soothing. So what a treat. (laughs) We are going to dive straight in. And first start with your three favorite ingredients that you gave us and the recipe that we have created for you. And when we asked you for your three favorite, I think you gave us about 10. (laughs) And I was like, no, Cammy, I need three. (laughs) I feel like food and drinks are just such a big part of my life and something that I enjoy so much that it's really hard, you know, to pick only three. I was like, damn it. Can I, can I add a bit more in the mix? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Can you remember what you told us? Um, so I think I ended up picking some ingredients that are really, really connected to the South of France where I'm from, especially, um, and that are just like delicious and uh, and such a good combo. So I think I had fig, pine nuts and honey, or did I just throw goat cheese in the middle? Goat cheese, yeah. Yeah. But we use so, honey as well, so we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> so where I'm from in the south of France, we do this dish when we use slice um, fig and goat cheese and then put a little bit of a like honey drizzle on the top, pine nuts <sighs> and thyme, and then you stick it in the oven and just like bake it for yeah. like 20 minutes and it's so delicious <laughs> oh that's my basically gosh. what we've made you but with a bit it. of pastry underneath even better <laughs> <laughs> and actually our figs will have been nothing compared to the ones that you get at home because obviously it's winter and like they're no. just not the same figs in the south of france so delicious well, we can keep that recipe for when figs are in season, but yeah. it is pretty delicious. And I definitely have memories of like climbing over in there in my neighbor's garden and stealing all their figs when I was a child. <laughs> oh, that is the yeah. best. That is the best. I did get freaked out by figs like in recent years though. When, when, the wasp um, thing. Yeah, the wasp thing. Yeah, gross. Because what do they do? They to. They say that figs aren't vegan because like to pollinate them or something, a wasp flies inside and then dies. Is that right? Cami, maybe you know better being the South of France queen. I don't know. I mean, there are definitely loads of wasps and bees 
um, hang out on yeah. things. I'm not sure they go and die inside. I'm kind of going to erase <laughs> no that idea for my, for my brain. <laughs> I know. One of my favorites, so I'm going to deny it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'd rather sure. deny it as well. We'll have a little Google when we hang up the phone. There's there's something about wasps and figs and figs not being vegan, but I can't remember what it is. But they're delicious. So yes, please. Mm -hmm. Um, Serena, do you want to tell us what you made then? This is a a full Serena recipe. I made a honeyed fig and goat's cheese tart with thyme and pine nuts. And it's basically loads of delicious puff pastry, yum, with mascarpone and goat's cheese. And then you bake it with the figs and the honey and the pine nuts. And I mean, as you say, honey, thyme, figs, goat's cheese, pine nuts, what a combo. Delicious. So well together. And a bit of rocket maybe. Yeah, Mm. on the side for sure. Mm. So we'll send you the recipe. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have have to to say, I was, um, Serena and I, I did a retreat in France a few years ago. What was that, Serena? When we first started the podcast. Yeah. And um, Serena made this goat's cheese tart. And I don't think I've stopped thinking about it since then. And every time I'm like, what about your goat's cheese tart, Serena? What about that for a recipe? Um, so this, this is, is like... so nice. I love when it? you have like one dish or like you go to a restaurant or you go somewhere and you try something and then it's just like stay on your mind and you're just mm. craving it. Yeah. Such a beautiful memory. Yeah. No, it's a funny recipe because it could almost be a pudding. Mm. Like it's it's almost yeah. like dessert. I reckon it could go either way. You know when people do like funky desserts with goat's cheese yeah. in them. Yeah. I'm down. Depends how okay. much honey you put on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it on. Um, and <laughs> listeners, Cammy being the wonder woman that she is, is also pairing a lovely um, drink recipe, mindful mm. mocktail recipe to go with this recipe. Um, but you'll have to stay tuned on Instagram to find out what that is. I know, <laughs> creating a little bit of suspense. But what we can say is it's going to be a mindful cocktail that will be alcohol free. So you can enjoy it any time of the day, any moment, rather you are not indulging on alcohol or you're driving or whatever reason you don't want to drink alcohol. And it will contain some delicious elderflower kombucha, which is one of my favorite from Momo kombucha. I love it. Yes. The best. Ah, I feel so, like I'm bringing like the south of France with a little bit of like English culture with the elderflower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need that in February. We need Confusion. that vibe. Yeah, please. <laughs> so, Cami, before we start talking about, I was going to say alcohol, the lack of alcohol, can you introduce yourself to listeners, please, and tell them a little bit about your personal journey into mindful drinking? Yeah, absolutely. How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> So um, I am originally from the south of France. I was very fortunate to be introduced to beautiful farmer's markets and amazing food and drinks. And it was a big part of like my upbringing. So I um, I feel like that, you know, we were foodies in my family and hospitality. So getting together was a big part of, a, of what we loved in my family. And then I decided to like travel the world from Australia to coming to London, to going to um, America and then coming back here to, to call it home here in London. But that's... Um, passion and creativity for for cocktail was always with me. I actually come from a a very artistic family. I went to an art school myself. um, And I remember the first time I made a cocktail, I was like, oh, wow, that is my way of being creative. You know, it was a bit of an epiphany moment. 
Mm-hmm. So I really love this, you know, creating something that tastes delicious, that um, is such an opportunity for people to to gather and to connect um, and to enjoy something that uh, that looks beautiful, smells amazing, and uh, and tastes delicious. But I think over the years of working all around the world and traveling all around the world to talk about the art of the aperitif, it really made me realize that wellness and mindfulness was becoming a big part of the conversation and but people were really looking to find a better balance to look after their physical mental emotional well-being in a better way but then it was friday night then everyone was just going to the pub you know what i mean there was like that idea of like incorporating what we drink into the full picture of our of our well-being which is not even questioned because alcohol is so embedded in our society it's so much part of what we do and it doesn't mean that like it's t- completely wrong but i think there was I started to question a little bit of like our relationship with alcohol and how we could bring mindfulness into the glass and really incorporate that into the into the full picture because I really believe that what you eat and what you drink are the foundation of your well-being. You can go to the gym every day, you can meditate every morning, you can get on your mat and practice yoga if you are a yogi, you know, every day. But if you fuel yourself with things that aren't celebrating um, who you are, then it's just not, you're not going to find that balance. And mm-hmm. so that's when I launched La Maison Wellness. So almost five years ago, I launched this platform that was about expanding the conversation around mindful drinking and really um, saying that tasty doesn't have to be busy and that we could question our drinking culture and that we could empower our relationship with alcohol. So we will become the, you know, the, the driving force and very much um, in control of what we would order rather than just saying, oh, go on, then I have another one just because it's a habit or just because that's what we usually do mm-hmm. or just because our friends are drinking, you know. And uh, and so I dedicated um I left the company I was working for and I dedicated my time um, and definitely all my heart and my passion into creating cocktails that would be alcohol-free or low alcohol, bringing this idea of mindful cocktail and just changing the conversation and opening minds a bit more on how we can find a better balance and celebrate life in the way that feels good in the moment, but also the day after. Mm. that's the key bit the day after it's always fun when you're in it but the next day (laughs) yeah and I think that this idea of like accepting that it's okay to feel absolutely horrendous the day after just because you had a good night the night before that you have remember because you had one too many that's just a concept that doesn't really resonate with me you know I always say I'm about epic nights and early mornings like I want to be able to truly connect with people and I think that if you do it in the way where maybe you're switching you know you're having some alcohol free option and some some alcoholic option where you know also the qualities that goes into the glass and and then you find your balance and you know your limit and then you just celebrate in such a better way you know I always talk about being a, a healthy hedonist and I think that's what it is is searching for that like joy and celebration of life but doing it in the way that feels better and it's more of a celebration of who we are yeah because it's it's I mean I know for me growing up it was such like drinking alcohol was such a part of of uni lifestyle and like 
almost it's like embedded into our social norms, isn't it? And how we make friends early on. Well, how, like, it, especially me growing up, you'd go on a night out and you'd make friends because you were drunk and you had like all this, Absolutely. this power and, um, and then it became a vicious cycle of then, yeah, feeling awful the next day, mm. probably eating things that aren't going to make you feel your best. And then you kind of do it all over again. I mean, it's, it's also like a great part of, of growing up, but I think the, the French, like it's, it's kind of like a different lifestyle because, well, I mean, obviously I'm not French and haven't grown up in <laughs> France, but hearing that wine is just like a norm to drink when you're young like just having a sip here and there and it's not like you cannot drink until you're 18 and then in this country when you're 18 you're like whoa I think Um, there's a little bit of that yeah there's a little bit of a you know like maybe a bit more of a of a balance in France where it is so much part of our culture that, um, you know, ha- having an aperitif and, uh, and sipping slowly while you're eating food and there's little like less of a, of that, like it's so taboo and it's something that you want to do. And then when you, you turn 18, you go a bit crazy. Yeah. Although that said, I wasn't always a mindful drinker. My <laughs> nickname at university was thirsty because I was known <laughs> as the girl who could drink more than any boys <laughs> at university. So I wasn't always a mindful drinker. And actually, as much as I always say, you don't have to, to wait until you hit rock bottom. You don't have to have a, a, a problem, you know, um, as echoed there, <laughs> obviously. Mm. Like, you know, you don't have to feel like that something is, uh, is wrong with you to change your, your drinking habit. And I definitely didn't feel like that. I had a, I woke up, I get that question a lot. Did you wake up one day with the worst hangover and you say, I will never drink ever again? And actually, I didn't, you know, I slowly just become more aware of the impact of alcohol on my well-being because I became a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and I studied healing nutrition and I was just being like, oh, wow, okay, all of this, you know, I was trying to thrive and I also launched a business where I you know, realized that I didn't have the the time and the space and the capacity to have a hangover. Mm. Like I just wanted to chase my dream and I wanted to wake up every day feeling fresh and excited and have the clarity of, of my mind. And the less, so I, so I started to like reduce my, my alcohol intake and not by actually setting boundaries in the sense of like, I'm not going to drink for X amount of time, but by really bringing some alcohol-free option into my life. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, if you do that, you will drink less alcohol. And so yeah. I started, you know, drinking less alcohol, finding options that I love, creating cocktails that were alcohol-free, that were delicious. And then on that journey, I just discover all the benefits of drinking in moderation or not drinking at all for a period of time. And I actually think that even that said, I did take um, three months completely off alcohol just because sometimes to be able to to really reassess your relationship with anything, you know, we talk, we're talking about like we make 
alcohol addiction, something really big. When actually we're all addicted to something, either it's your phone, it's chocolate, it's shopping online, it is watching Netflix or whatever it is that helps you to, to cope. And you do it in a way that you li- you're lacking awareness of how much space is taking in your life. But I think that sometimes to cut it out, it gives you the space to then rebuild the relationship that works for you to maybe realize, oh, okay, I feel this way now that, I t- that I'm not doing this anymore. And so for me, I took three months of booze. I feel so much better, um, so much more energized, so much more clarity. And I was like, I just want to show the world that it doesn't have to be always um, part of it. And if today, I mean, not right now because I am heavily pregnant, but um, <laughs> before carrying my my twins, um, I was um, I was a moderate mindful drinker, which means that sometime I will enjoy a glass of natural wine or sometime I will go somewhere and have a low alcohol cocktail, but with full awareness and consciousness and making the decision because that's what I wanted rather than just copying mechanism or falling back mm-hmm. into old habits. Mm. You said so many great points there. I was like, I'm going to ask about that. I'm going to ask about that. I'm going to say, <laughs> okay, we're moving on. I mean, yeah, I, I, Completely agree, Cami. And I think it's such a, um, yeah, my mind's just like whizzing in a thousand directions of what I want to say, but actually I'll say this, how, um, how has the conversation around this all changed in the last few years? Because obviously, um, there are so many more low and no alcoholic, Mm. alcohol, spirits beers wines available how has it been for you kind of putting your your life and soul into this to see the conversation change I mean, it has changed so much. And also bear in mind that I worked for a spirits company for almost a decade that I left to go and talk about alcohol-free option. I mean, yeah. at some point I felt like my my community was, was you know, hospitality industry and I had the chance to really, you know, be able to connect with some of the world best bartenders and work with some of the most incredible you know, bars and restaurants all around the world. And I feel like there was a bit of a disconnect. And I and and because I was on that journey of like becoming a, a mindful drinker, but I was also, you know, a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher, there was almost a moment when I questioned myself, like, do, am I still part of this industry? Can I remain in this industry? And I remember sitting down and writing everything I love about food and drinks. And then at no point alcohol came up. And I also had that memory of like sitting in the garden with my parents in the south of France when I was a kid, drinking something that wasn't alcoholic, but enjoying the ritual and the celebration so much. And that's that moment when I was like, no, I want to be one of the leading voice in that mindful drinking movement because alcohol doesn't have to be part of the equation every single time. But when I started, I mean, Sidlip, who has done an incredible um job at really paving the way of mindful drinking was one of the only brands that was there. And then slowly more and more small independent brands were launched. London and the UK is actually the, such a big hub for mindful drinking. It's a, like a lot of the brands are from the UK and a lot of the brands are being launched here. And from, you know, a few years ago, six, seven years ago, when Sidlip came into the market to now, I mean, now um, Club Soda, which is an organization that really um, 
lead the movement in uh, in mindful drinking as well and uh, and gather people. They open the London first alcohol free off license with two hundred and fifty products. available in Soho. And that I think it's amazing. You know, it's amazing that we see more and more options on the menu. And I think for me, it isn't about saying you should or you shouldn't drink alcohol. It's about making sure that you have an inclusive offer. So whatever like the experience that you want, rather it's, you know, imbibing with alcohol or staying off alcohol for the evening, you should be able to receive the same experience when you go to bars and restaurants because that is the definition of hospitality. And so that's really what I'm trying to share with bars and restaurants when I work with the trades. That's what I'm trying to share with consumer and, um, and to really bring mindful drinking and mindful cocktail to the mainstream because I think a lot of people just don't know. They're like, maybe I should change my drinking habit, but I don't, I don't know what to drink. I don't know where to start. Peer pressure is definitely a big hurdle at the beginning when you're like, I don't know what my mate's going to think of me. Um, And even like, you know, I have a lot of my friends around me that are like becoming mindful drinkers because probably being, you know, every time they come to have a drink with me, they discover something new. And and then there's the big question of like being a mindful drinker and and dating. There's all of that that comes into, into play. And I think that if you know what you drink, if you know what you like, if you know what's your balance, then for me, becoming a mindful drinker was the most empowering journey. Mm. Really. And it's got so much easier now because as you say, like in the past, if you didn't drink, the option was then to have a really sugary fizzy drink or a water. And you want to be able to have an adult, like an air quotes, adult drink that's delicious Mm. and not just sugary um, so that you can feel involved with everyone else. Absolutely. I mean, I just over the weekend um, had my baby shower, which was so lovely in one of the best in this incredible restaurant. Um, And I just knew they wouldn't have anything. And so I took a bottle of like my favorite alcohol free sparkling wine. And I said to them, I'm happy to pay a cockage, but I'm not happy to sip on your cordial for the entire, <laughs> the entire lunch. And they were a bit like, oh, okay. And then it was just so lovely. You know, some yeah. of my friends were drinking wine. Some of my friends were like loving the alcohol free sparkling bubbles. And it was just such a beautiful celebration with amazing food an amazing drink. And as much as we're moving in the right direction, there's still so much work to be done on making those products available on, you know, that's why I share every week a new recipe because I want people to feel inspired, to know that, and all my cocktails are an alcohol free. I will say that most of them are, but I also do what I call the one unit alcohol because I want people that still want to imbibe alcohol to be able to do it um, in a better way and to understand also. I think there's a big part of like education, knowing that, you know, more than 14 units of alcohol a week, then your body will start to really feel the impact of alcohol. And that might seem a lot, but that's a bottle and a bottle and a half of wine, you know, <laughs> that's mm. a week. And often on the weekend, when you go out with your friend, you have a dinner and, and you drink way more than that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that understanding that your body can't process more than one unit of alcohol per hour. Mm. And that's like a small glass of wine. And, oh. you know, many of us drink way faster than that. So I think that, you know, knowing that like 
maybe if you have a gin and tonic, have a single. You still have the flavor. You don't need that double. Like just learning how to tailor, you know, and create your own experience that works for yourself in the evening. And and now we're just talking about alcohol, but you, but you also know um, being foodies and, uh, and loving ingredients and, uh, and cuisine so much that everything else that goes into the glass is essential. Like if you, you know, pick an amazing alcohol free spirits or an incredible organic, um, you know, gin or whatever it is that you're drinking, and then you mix it with an, you know, a mainstream tonic water that is packed with sugar and artificial flavor, you kind of defeating the purpose of drinking well, you know? And so understanding the, the mixes that goes into the glass, the freshness of the ingredients, the sweetener that is using and maybe moving away from the refined sugar and looking at like delicious honey, like we did in a, in the dish today, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, molasses and all those different things that, that you can really celebrate the flavor, but also celebrate your body in such a, in such a better way. Yeah. And also glassware oh, is, I'm I think is such a big thing. <laughs> I mean, we've spoken about this briefly in our, in the first episode of this season that I've decided to not drink until our wedding in April, which may or may not be a good thing, but um, Serena and I were kind of It depends of on how much you're going to drink on the wedding. Yeah, That's I mean, I, I, won't. <laughs> I won't drink a lot. I'm not going to drink loads of wine. No, thank you. <laughs> um, but I've really noticed going out and and having not not drinking alcohol that like you just feel a bit like a div sometimes in in, in the pub or something when you're like, oh, what options do you have? And they're like, we've got one non-alcohol alcohol-free beer, which is, yeah, great. But if I'm not in a beer mood, I'm like, okay, I'll have a, a soda and lime, please. And then they give it to you in this like massive pint glass and you're like, cool, here we are. Awful. <laughs> and, and actually glassware for me is one of the biggest thing. I mean, if you come to, to my house, <laughs> there's loads of glassware, um, <laughs> which drive Michael, my partner, insane. He's like, do we need that many? I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> but simple things like, you know, having a glass of delicious kombucha in a champagne glass or mm-hmm. coupette, as we call, all of a sudden you feel like that you're having a glass of bubbles. You know, it's elevating the experience and making it special because really what you want when you're having a cocktail is the, the celebration, the feeling special, the ritual around it is so important. I mean, yeah. I really... I. I Growing up in the south of France, the aperitif culture was a big part of a, of my upbringing. And as I was saying, like I have memories of like sitting in the garden with my parents, with no TVs, no phone, just chatting and just having some, you know, snacks and uh, and drinks. But also over lockdowns and the and the past couple of years that we had working from home, etc. I really realized that that ritual at the end of the day to have a drink was really important for me. Like I work from the same table where I shoot my cocktails, I eat my dinner, my breakfast, like, you know, and so having this moment where it will help to create a bit of structure and to be like, okay, 
daytime is over, work is over. I'm going to make myself a cocktail. I'm going to put my computer away and I'm just going to enjoy. But 99% of what I was drinking was alcohol free because what I wanted wasn't the alcohol. And actually there's a lot of like misconception and misunderstanding of the impact of alcohol on your body. Often people will say, oh, I drink to take the age off or I drink to sleep better. I drink to release tension. I drink because I'm so stressed. But actually alcohol isn't the answer for that. And if in the moment it might make you feel a bit more relaxed because it slows down the connection in your brain, the day after, it will actually create more of this like anxiety and really add on to this like vicious cycle that you get caught in. And I always say, if you want to relax, look at like having something maybe with magnesium, maybe with adaptogen, maybe with CBD. Like I think the power of the plant and knowing what you drink and how to help with your sleep. Like there's a brand called called um, Three Spirits and they have one called Nightcap that I'm absolutely obsessed with. I think that's so delicious. And it's something that you can drink straight out of the bottle, add some ice, a slice, a slice of orange in the nice rock glass. And you sip that and it has like valerian, which is really helpful for sleep. And that's why it's called the nightcap. It has um, lemon balm, which is an amazing adaptogen that really helps you release tension in the body. And I think having that it's just so much more powerful. Yeah. And what you want is that ritual at the end of the day. Maybe you want to make yourself a spritz and feels like it's summer all of a sudden, or, you know, and I think that's really the key of, um, having those ritual, having just like beautiful glassware, having those like few options at home where, you know, you can make yourself a drink and you're not going to fall back into, oh, I'm just going to have a glass of this. Or, you know, I, I remember one of my friends calling me and saying, I had a really stressful day. I walked to my fridge to open a bottle of wine and have a glass of wine. Then I remember all the conversation we had together. <laughs> I closed the fridge. I went for a walk and then I came back and then I had a glass of wine, but it wasn't because I was stressed and I didn't drink the entire mm-hmm. bottle. I just had one while I was cooking and then I was like, I had my evening and went to bed. And I think that's like that pose where you become aware of how you feel, of how stressed you feel, you decide to take yourself for a walk, get a bit of fresh air, and then make the decision. That's where you become so empowered. Yeah. Cammy, you're answering all our questions without us needing to ask you anything. <laughs> no, I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, maybe we could talk a little bit about benefits instead of, I think it's so easy, isn't it? To focus on like, don't drink because it's bad for you. It makes you feel mm. rubbish. Like, and maybe we could talk about some of the benefits. It, the reason I say this, it's funny. This conversation is coming at a very interesting time. I've just had my birthday weekend and I drank a few delicious tequila cocktails. And immediately I was so aware of how much worse I slept, how much slower my concentration was yesterday morning. And mm-hmm. um, so can you tell us a little bit about either how people can benefit or how you have benefited when you've drunk a little bit less? Like what are the things that you gain rather than lose? hundred percent. And I think I'm so glad that you said that because that's really my approach 
to mind for drinking. Like, I don't want to say to people, alcohol will do this and this and this to your body. Like, I don't think that's a way to, to look at it. Like, I don't want to scare people on if you're struggling with your mental health. Like, I think that there is a way better, um, it's, it's that, you know, it's looking at the glass half empty or half full. And I'm very much about looking at the glass half full, you know? So, um, it's about growing the pile of good things in your life and then realizing that you, the habit that you wanted to let go of will be gone because you've been focusing on the, on the good ones. Um, so I think that like, I mean, everyone is different. And I also think it's really important to, to realize that we are all unique. So it will, we will experience different benefits, but also it will take, um, quite some time to build a new habit. You know, I think it says like 66 days is how long it takes to, to form a new habit. But more than that, it's just like, it's been embedded. It's been in, in our culture. It's been, it's in our media. It's when we watch movies, it's what it's being glamorized by, by a whole industry. Like, I think you just need to give yourself a little bit of time to, to build that. But in terms of like what you will experience and what I experience, um, was definitely feeling more energized, sleeping way better, because if you passed out when you had one too many, you just don't have a very restorative sleep. Mm -hmm. So actually improving your sleep, improving the clarity of your mind. Like I feel like that my brain was just becoming sharper. Like, you know, we used to like power through, um, even something that we wouldn't even call a hangover because we're like, oh, I just had a few glasses of wine. Like I'm fine. But that slight headache, that slight, you know, feeling a bit cloudy, um, that's just making, like, it's just holding you back actually. And I also think that it really allowed me to, to build, to improve my relationship first with myself, to really feel comfortable within myself while I was going out, when I was connecting with friends, because I wasn't hiding behind alcohol. I wasn't, you know, that loud, fun person because I was drinking. I was just being me. I was just being, you know, some days a bit quieter, some days making jokes and laughing really loud, you know, and, and just being comfortable with like who I was. Like I always say, you know, becoming a mindful drinker is allowing your spirit to shine rather than just pouring spirits all over it. And I think that <laughs> we, we all, I mean, to be fair, we haven't been hanging out that, that much in the past, in the past couple of years with, uh, with many people. So we all have a little bit of like social anxiety. We, um, but I think that like learning and being open and talking about it rather than just like holding it in and drinking alcohol to, to make it go away. It's just, it's again, working on that, like empowerment. It's again, working that, that walk of becoming the best version of yourself. So I think it really improved my relationship. It also made me, you know, look at some of my shadow and my dark side that I was like, Oh, okay. What there's work to do there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I love that point so much, Cami, because I think it's so easy to go out for, yeah, if you're, if you're going out for, for drinks with friends or there's so, social situations that you might feel like, oh, maybe I should drink because everyone else is. And what will people think of me if I'm, if I'm not, so I think, it, yeah, it's massively empowering and yeah. probably for everyone else who's around you to be like, oh, wow, they've chosen to drink something else. Like that's cool. Good for them. Like and maybe think, I'll do that too one day or, you know, 
And I, I think it's, remem- it's remembering that the people that make a comment is because it's almost you're holding a mirror to them. It has nothing to do with you. Your yeah. friend getting frustrated because you're not drinking at their birthday party or their whatever, that's, it's just about them. It's not about you, you know? And I, and I had those like comments at the, at first, um, of my friend be like, Oh, come on, like, don't be boring. Just have one. And I was like, I'm still here. I'm still on the dance floor with you. Like what yeah, else? I'm what, still one, one difference would it make, you know? And I think that as you just have to let it go, you just have to understand that it has nothing to do with you and to just stay on your path and do what, what works with, uh, with yourself. But I also think that like it, it improved the relationship with yourself, but also with others, because seriously, there's, there's evenings where I go out, um, and the conversation, <laughs> of all my friends drinking too much um, is definitely I'm like, oh gosh, we, we're going in circle. I feel like a goldfish sometimes, you know? <laughs> and I think that like, for me, it's just allowing me to have, you know, real connection and really um, like really connect with my friend, maybe let go of like small talk that sometimes isn't really, you know, what you want to be having and, uh, and connect on such a deeper level. And some people I had to let go. Some people, the person that I became as a mindful drinker wasn't resonated with them because they loved the girl who was drinking tequila and dancing on the bar more than the one yeah. that was, you know, talking about mindfulness and how to, to live Having better. deep conversations. <laughs> yeah. In and the corner. that's fine. And I think that's fine because... I am, you know, not this person anymore and I enjoy the person that I am. And so you just have to accept that as we evolve and grow as, you know, human, there's people that stick around and there's people that you have to let go. And there's new people that you connect on a whole different level with. And there's people that you help along the way, because as you said, by saying, oh, actually, I'm going to try the alcohol-free wine or I'm going to try the non-alcoholic cocktail, don't really want to drink tonight because I've got a huge meeting in the morning or should we go out tonight? I know it's Monday night, but we can just drink alcohol free and we'll feel great tomorrow. And we would have amazing memories and I haven't seen you for so long. It would be so nice to see you. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what the opportunity that you have then. Mm. I think the thing that people really notice when they stop drinking, I know Sarah said this since she stopped drinking this year. Um, is that you become very aware of how all the activities that we tend to do with our friends revolve around drinking. And I'm wondering if you have any tips for anyone who is, I love the word sober curious, any Mm -hmm. tips for anyone who wants to explore drinking a little bit less or not drinking at all, you know, like ideas for things that they can do. How can they, how can they be with their friends if actually going and sitting in a pub is too challenging to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, that's actually an opportunity to discover so many new things and to connect with your friend on a different level. Because as you said, very often it will be at the pub um, or going out to whatever places you enjoy going out. And uh, it's not really an opportunity to, to build memories in a different way or to connect in a different way. And I think that there's so many things that you can do from doing more like even with COVID, we realized we're more outdoor, going for a walk, going to a nice cafe, um, going to like meet up with your friend who's got a dog and, you know, have a, have a nice walk with them, going to do a cooking class, you know, going to um, explore different things, going to the museum to see this like exhibition that like you 
just never made it. Going to like morning classes when you never get up in the morning because normally you sleep until noon because you feel terrible. You know, trying fun things. I think we're lucky, like, I mean, we're all in in London or, or nearby. And so we're lucky that we have so many um, activities. But in any city, you know, try pottery, try painting, like just trying things that like, are just whatever you enjoy, you know, and even like going to like a dance class or going out and hitting the dance floor with a drinking, you will definitely feel self-conscious at first. And then you're like, but that's me. That's who I am. That's how I dance. You know, Tequila told me that I was a great dancer. I am not, <laughs> you know, and just like being comfortable with that. I think that we, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is feeling comfortable in our own skin. Like, I think that when we start living in the way that we don't have to feel like we have to apologize either for our actions that we forgot or for who we are, then that's when we, we really begin to appreciate life and, uh, and live in the, in the best way that we can. And then you really avoid getting the fear the next morning. I know so many people who wake up after a night of drinking and they're like, what did I say? Who did I upset? Who did I kiss that I shouldn't have kissed? You like so you avoid much. that horrible aftermath. And that's the worst feeling. I mean, we've yeah. all been there. You start looking at your phone, you like look at your wallet and you're like, gosh, I spent so much money, like all of this. And, you know, it's there's actually... um a term it's called anxiety, like a mix of like anxiety <laughs> and hangover. And it's just the worst feeling ever. And you just like, you're overthinking it. You feel terrible and we shouldn't put ourselves in, in this place. Like I don't think any night is worse that, you know? No. Oh, I want to just like keep talking about it so much. I feel like there's so much to unpick within this topic. Um, but let's, let's, um, move on to your healthy habit, Tammy, that you said, because it's, it kind of works into activities and just yeah. taking care of yourself. Um, and it's quite, uh, well, Serena and I just said before, before we started this, we we're reminding ourselves of your healthy habit and we we're like, great. It's basically what we've been doing. Like, all throughout <laughs> so please may you talk a little for your healthy habit, Tammy. Yeah. I love that we're moving on to that topic because one other thing that I've seen a lot in uh, in mindful drinking and, you know, either you decide to become a mindful drinker who's more of a sober curious or someone who find balance in, uh, in sobriety. And I also think that we need to stop thinking that mindful drinking is about not drinking alcohol. I do think that moderation is something that can be achieved um, and that it's about finding the balance that works for you. I think a lot of people try to apply you know, a one size fit all kind of a style and your recipe is in my recipe. And so I think everyone has to find their own. Mm. Um, but I also think that because mindful drinking and, you know, sobriety and sober curious, all of that has become much more of a, a bigger part of the conversation. A lot of people think that this is, this is the, you know, the, the answer of everything. Like we very much of a, give me something to fix it, you know? And I don't think that becoming a mindful drinker is the answer for it, for everything. I think it's part, like I always talk about this idea of like bringing mindfulness 360 into your life or how you can sprinkle it in every area of your life rather than compound, you know, doing like, that's okay. I meditate and I drink mindfully. I can do the rest. Yeah. And of course there is an element of balance, but, but for me, 
awareness is key for everything. And so as I became aware of my drinking habits and changed my drinking habits for the better, um, I also need to build that awareness and to have that space. And so it starts with, um, if I, I don't meditate every day, but if I don't, I feel it. Like <laughs> days where I skip meditation and I meditate. Sometimes it's like 20 minutes in my bed when I woke up. Sometimes it's like two minutes between two meetings, you know, because I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed. Sometimes it's just standing outside in my garden just to like get some fresh air and just become aware of my breath. Like I don't think, again, we, there is this idea of meditation that you you need to do it for that long, at the same time, in the perfect condition, which ideally would be on the top of a mountain at sunrise <laughs> in Lotus with your mudra, you know. And I think we need to, to move away from that. For me, it's having the space to allow my body to process things, mm. to really be able to create space within. Um, so that's definitely a big part of, of my practice that allow me to then have the awareness of, oh, this is how I feel. Okay. Yeah. So if I react like this later on, or if I don't have patience, or if I feel a bit you know, overwhelmed or um, maybe a bit more sensitive, it's because this and this and this and that. Mm. Um, and you move us coming, yeah, just just going on from that, you said to us about how important your morning was to do all of these things yeah. and to take things slow before like no. everything else starts, which we've spoken about on the podcast already that I'm living the retirement life with my parents <laughs> at the moment and just enjoying that slow start so much. And it's so funny because I guess when I was younger, I wasn't really of a morning person. You know, I, I, I love to sleep a bit late. And then, then I was like working as a bartender and I was like, you know, finishing really late at night and definitely sleeping um, most of the morning, if not all of the morning. Um, and obviously that has changed and shifted years and years and years ago. But even though like I wake up, like at seven every morning, like with that, even my clock, I just wake up at seven. Um, I open my eyes, but I just need a slow morning. I'm just a slow, <laughs> I just, and it's not because I'm not really awake or it's just because I tend to go really fast into my day after that. Um, I, you know, from meetings to meetings, from working on loads of different projects and my mind being scattered and so many different things. Um, you know, responding to a million emails and, and, um, and tend to work until quite, um, you know, end of the day, early in the evening before I turn into my, uh, my aperitif ritual that like, I need that space in the morning. And for me, the best morning is when I wake up, um, I have my meditation, then I have my mat, my yoga mat in my, uh, in my bedroom, um, that is roll out. So, so I don't even like, I literally just get out of bed, get on my mat. And that again, is like, I don't get on my mat to achieve anything, to work on anything. And, and for me, it's, it, that's the movement that works, but for some people I might be going for a walk, you know, first thing in the morning or, um, doing whatever movement that works for them. For me, it's just, at the moment, it looks more like I'm like a ball rolling on my mat, <laughs> you know, stretching and not quite sure what I'm doing there. But, you know, it's just like I need to be able to get into that, into my body. For me, it's that moment of like, I'm going to get out of my head 
into my body, get out of that like thinking mind into the feeling, into the grounding. Yeah. Um, and if I don't do it in the morning, I tend to do it at the end of the day, just because if I don't get out of my head after a busy day, I just feel like I can't breathe. And so those are like really um, important practices of mine that really allow me to look after my physical, emotional, and and mental well-being. And mm. I often have this conversation with my, with my partner, Michael, because we're both busy, we both run our businesses, we both have like big dreams and big ambition. But I always say to him, it's our responsibility to look after our well-being. And that's the commitment that I do for myself to allow myself to be the best version of who I am, but also for him, because if I don't meditate and I don't move, <laughs> I eat crap. Um, and I don't drink well, well, I don't think I'm the nicest person to be around, no. to be honest. Yeah, you know? so true. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, wow. Cami, this has been such a great chat. Thank it's you been so much for having me. So insightful. I can't wait to see what delicious mocktail recipe you conjure up so listeners stay tuned absolutely I feel like we should get together try the delicious dish um because that goat cheese fig pie sounds absolutely delightful and then um try it with my mindful alcohol free cocktail that sounds dreamy yes please thank you so much for joining us Cami Thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice. I feel like we just had a little cup of tea in the morning chat. I know. This is how the podcast works. It's lovely. Bye, Cammy. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Cami. What a joy to have her on and and speak about this topic. It's it's a big it's a big topic um, in our world at the moment. So I'm really glad we got to speak to her and hear her knowledge and, and wisdom um yeah as i said in the in the episode um i'm it's something that i'm trying to do more of drink more mindfully so yeah thanks cammy it's definitely shifting at the moment i feel so much more of so many more of my friends are now much quicker to stop drinking the minute they feel a bit anxious the minute they're you know trying to get a bit fitter booze is the first thing that people seem to be cutting out so yeah it's really interesting and I hope that this helps anyone who is interested in drinking less but kind of feels the societal pressure to keep keep chugging yeah (laughs) chug chug Cammy's Instagram as well is so wonderful for tips on on how to drink more mindfully and she has so many recipes she's also like always on tv so she's she's like cool cool girl um and if you would like the recipe for what we made cami and then also what she made us which is the first on this pod (laughs) then you can find it on our instagram at kitchen club podcast and then cami is uh, mindfully cami on instagram and we'll leave all of her details in the show notes below and one last thing before we go if you have enjoyed this episode please we would love for you to share it with someone else who you think will enjoy it and leave a review if you've got a moment it really helps us get things out and let's get more guests who make recipes for us. Oh, yes. That'd be what so treat. nice. Imagine they're like, I made you a, a, this delicious cookie. Thank you. With your three favourite ingredients. <laughs> so considerate. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.